When I was a little girl, I fondly remember watching The Wizard of Oz. Each year during the holidays, it would air on television, and I remember that being such a big deal. I would go to my grandparents, where my grandpa would wheel out their boxy television on a rickety cart into the front room, and I would watch the movie sitting as close to the TV as I could get, wrapped in a quilt, and eating popcorn. I loved that movie. My favorite part was always that transition from the world of black and white into a world of color. It always seemed so magical. And those ruby slippers paired with that blue and white gingham dress against that yellow brick road. Ah, that primary color scheme seemed to my young eyes nothing short of genius. And it wasn't just the movie that I loved. It was the story. For as long as I remember, I championed the idea that Dorothy had all the power she needed within her the entire time. She only needed to discover it. At my grandparents' house, they had an abridged copy of the book of The Wizard of Oz. It was one of those kinds that came with a cassette tape that would read the story out loud. I listened to that tape over and over again. And when it came up missing, my grandma would read me the story over and over again. I wasn't much more than seven, but the words sounded musical, and I enjoyed how their sound, woven together with their meaning, made listening a joy. Even if what I found joyful were phrases like, you clinking, clanking, clattering collection of collisionish junk. But one day, as my grandma read me the words I adored so much, she, well, she dumbed it down for me. Instead of reading that the wizard told Dorothy and her crew that they should consider themselves lucky to be granted an audience with him, she said that the wizard was going to let them come see him. My elementary school self was incensed, and I was quick to interrupt. Grandma, it says grant them an audience. I know what grant them an audience means. Read the book right. My grandma laughed, and although at the time I couldn't even spell my own name correctly, she never again dumbed down any words for me. Rather, she helped build my vocabulary and started me off on a path where I have found myself in a love affair with words, what they mean, and how they sound. It's funny what touches our souls and what themes seem to find their way woven back into our lives consistently over and over again, like a pattern. Family, words, colors, patterns. Family, words, colors, patterns. Always there in the warp and the weft, just like the shades of cobalt running through the gingham of Dorothy's dress. This is Elizabeth and Liz from Simple Simon and & Company, and you are listening to Stitched. Today's episode is sponsored by BabyLock. Easily recognized by its grid-like alternating checked pattern, gingham is both a print and a fabric known the world over. Gingham is traditionally a woven fabric made from cotton or linen, and a true gingham has no right or wrong side. Rather, it has the same appearance on both sides. This is due to the fact that the fibers were already colored before they were woven together. However, many of the ginghams you see today 
are just a pattern printed onto cloth and not a true gingham woven. Likewise, while gingham was originally printed in only blue and white or red and white tones, today you can find them in any color imaginable. However, all ginghams, woven or printed, limit themselves to a very strict, very simple color palette. That being the combination of white plus only one other color. Over the years, gingham fabric has been a popular go-to fabric for several reasons. One of which is because it is fairly durable and washes well. Unless, of course, it is a lower textured gingham. In that case, those ginghams have a tendency to shrink and should be pre-washed before constructed into a final product. Gingham is also strong, serviceable, and can be used for a wide variety of purposes, such as shirting, trimming, bedding, kerchiefs, aprons, pillows, children's wear, tablecloths, and of course, in quilting. Today's episode is sponsored by Baby Lock. When making your next sewing machine purchase, go to the experts. BabyLock has a network of retailers across the country ready and willing to serve your sewing needs. Not only will you get superior service, which you will, but you will also get great access to first-hand knowledge you can't get anywhere else. So when you're ready to buy, don't go to a big box store. Go to your nearest BabyLock retailer. You'll be happy you did. To learn more, go to babylock.com backslash retailer hyphen locator. Countries all around the world all claim to be the birthplace of gingham. Italy boasts its origins can be traced to northern Italy. Germany claims it came from Bayern, while France argues it hails from the Vichy region. But that's not all. A tribe in Africa called the Maasai has been using a checked fabric print for thousands of years and even their country's national costume includes a gingham check. In Indonesia, gingham has for generations symbolized the battle between good and evil. And in Cambodia, a similar print is used in everything from decorating to purposes more practical. So where was the birthplace of gingham? We can't say. But what we can tell you is where and when it was given the name we know it by today. During the 16th century, the majority of the world's gingham was produced in Dutch-colonized Malaysia. From there, it was exported to Europe and later to the United States. It was during this time period that the word gingham first appears in English in 1615, and historians agree that it seems to be derived from the Malaysian word genggong, meaning striped. This term was then adopted by the Dutch, where it was morphed into the word gingham that we use today. In the 18th century, the United States began establishing cotton mills, and although gingham had been imported prior to this time, the local mills made gingham easily accessible and started a gingham craze across the country. When we think of the American frontier, we often think of gingham prints, but gingham has also enjoyed several other decades in the spotlight. During the Second World War, gingham was all the rage in fashion. In the 1960s, it enjoyed a revival during the Youthquake movement, and again in the 80s, its bold graphic quality inspired everything from bedding to shoes. Today, gingham is once more stepping into the spotlight, 
although one could argue that it never really went away. You can't look through a home design magazine or step into a boutique without spotting a gingham pillow here or a gingham skirt there, and we couldn't be more happy that it is making a comeback. Readily available and constantly affordable, gingham has become a part of American culture. From the picnic table, to our kitchen curtains, to Dorothy Gale's iconic pinafore, fabric consumers here in the United States have long been fans of gingham, and we don't see that changing anytime soon. Remember how I love those ruby slippers and blue gingham dress set off by the yellow brick road in that famous scene introducing viewers to a world of color? Thinking about it now, it still really is pretty fantastic. The white and black striped socks of the witch curl away and there stands Dorothy in a world of color. It wasn't until years later that I realized those colors, the red, blue, and yellow, were primary colors, the three colors from which all other colors are born. I'm not sure if that color scheme was chosen on purpose or not, but I like to think that it was. Because as we all know, Dorothy always had everything she needed to color her own world, and she was free to choose her own path. She just needed to realize it as she stood there in her gingham dress. Her gingham dress. Gingham. Just one vibrant color winding its way through the warp and weft of a stark white, adding interest and texture. Gingham, a simple fabric that has had the power to transform a frontier cabin into a cheery home, a 60s shift dress into a statement piece, and a character into a memory that has become an important block in the stitching together of the patchwork quilt that is my life. For more stories, projects, and quilt tutorials, visit us over at www.simplesimonandco.com. There you can find a variety of patterns, projects, and how-tos that incorporate gingham fabric, including several quilt tutorials that walk you through how to piece quilt tops in ways that result in an oversized gingham print pattern. Thanks for listening, and if you have a minute, please leave us a comment or a review especially if you're listening on iTunes. These comments and reviews help new listeners find our podcast and help keep us on the air. Thanks again.